the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Lifeline with Craig Roberts. He's the host of Northern California's longest-running conservative talk show. He's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. He's Lifeline's own Craig Roberts. And he's an Italian wishing all of my Irish friends a very happy, albeit muted, St. Patrick's Day. Good afternoon to you. Welcome to this Tuesday edition, the 17th of March. And uh, day number two, or I guess the full day here, right, since midnight last night of what is the new normal, at least for a while, here in the San Francisco Bay Area. We've got a jam-packed informational program for you tonight and some good inspiration as well, so uh, keep your dial set right where it is. Let's get down to cases. The number of deaths in the United States from the coronavirus topping now 100. West Virginia reporting its first case of the virus, making the total number of cases in the U.S. at just over 5,800, a large majority being reported in New York, Washington State. Cases now confirmed in all 50 states plus Puerto Rico. Illinois today reported its first death as a result of the virus, joining 18 total states. Nearly 85% of those who have died were older than 60. About 45 were older than 80. Meanwhile, the European Union announcing a 30-day ban on non-essential travel into the 27-country bloc because of the coronavirus. There will be exceptions made to guarantee the passage of food and medicine, of course. European Council President Charles Michel said citizens must also be able to travel to their home countries as well. French President Emmanuel Macron told his people on Monday the country was at war with the growing pandemic. As you know, here locally in the Bay Area, six counties, now seven, including Santa Cruz, have issued shelter-in-place orders effective as of midnight this morning and continuing through April the 7th. It's a new world out there, and I, and I don't want to start the program tonight by chiding you before we get to our first guest, but I just have to ask a question. For at least some of my fellow travelers making their way to wherever today, what is your definition of shelter in place for everyone but essential services? I find it hard to believe that everybody that I saw on the roads today were either on the way to the bank, the grocery store, or their job at the fire department, the police department, the hospital, the radio station, whatever. Um, I think perhaps maybe because this notion of being told what to do is so anti-American, particularly when we're told, stay put right there. I mean, it kind of has that equivalency of being put on lockdown, right? And that's essentially what it is, but it's for the good of all of us. So if you're just out meandering about like it's no big deal, let me be the first to say it is a big deal. Stay home. There is a reason why the authorities, the health authorities in the San Francisco Bay Area issued this shelter-in-place order. And to help us better understand why it was issued and why it's so critically important, we're joined once again by Dr. Jane Orient. 
She, Executive Director of the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons, President of Doctors for Disastered Preparedness. Dr. Orient, thank you again for carving out some time to be with us this evening. First, just in relationship to the shelter-in-place order, it's not quite uh, a mandatory quarantine, perhaps. It's not as if folks in the Bay Area can't travel at all, but they say to restrict it to just essential travel, I mean a doctor's visit, a visit to go pick up groceries, go to the bank, get gas, and then go back home. We've seen, as I've suggested, some people not taking this all together seriously. And I just have to wonder, from a from a physician standpoint, from a communicable disease standpoint, just how dangerous is it for people to sort of flaunt what is now the current shelter-in-place order? It's pretty difficult to, to tell, you know, how contagious this virus is. It appears to be very contagious. The number of deaths that you cited really are very small compared with the number of people who die from influenza or other routine things that we're used to. But we need to keep in mind that that as the number of cases doubles in a short period of time, it can get very, very high very quickly. And the whole idea of trying to flatten the curve is to delay the development of a lot of serious cases so that it doesn't overwhelm our ability to take care of people who are seriously ill. But there's no cause to panic. It's um, it's very likely that more than 99% of the people who are infected will survive, in fact, maybe just experience minor symptoms or none at all. But a bad part of that is that they may be transmitting the disease without knowing that they're sick. And that's why we're having this, for the first time in history, such a such rigorous efforts to keep people at home. I've heard the issue, and you and I might have discussed this when we visited last week, uh, the, the issue of the concern that physicians have over the so-called bell curve and that this is an attempt to try and flatten out that bell curve as to not overwhelm the medical system. So while, as you indicate, the um, vast majority of people that contract Corona-19 will survive, life will go on. But for those who have compromised immune systems, the notion of overwhelming hospitals, overwhelming the ability of the medical system to be able to care for those that are at highest at risk, is that really the essential concern here? I think that that is a very important concern. And another factor that is not being mentioned, I think, by the government or by the news media very much is that the reason the system will be so easily overwhelmed is we are utterly dependent on China for 90% of our drugs. So already we're running out of bronchodilators to treat asthmatics. Dentists are having trouble getting Novocaine, and that's one reason why a lot of elective procedures are being canceled to save our scarce supplies for critically ill people. Also, we don't have enough protective gear from what the government estimated of hundreds of millions of masks and other protective items that we need, we have only maybe 10% because that manufacturing industry has also been outsourced mostly to China. And so, China has not been produced then anything much recently. So the big concern here is that we've we've sort of in the notion of joining the global community and enjoying uh, uh, cheap labor, cheap rates, cheap supplies and materials, 
overlooked a critical issue, and that is what happens if there is an interruption to the supply chain, either because of an event like um, uh, Corona-19 or COVID-19, rather, or, uh, you know, on the extreme, a war. And if the country that you're trading with is your principal supplier for what you need, that could be very problematic pretty quickly. And as you point out, part of the issue here is that China not only has its own problems, but there has been a severe reduction of production due to the spread of the virus over there. We've really, we've set ourselves up for a potential medical disaster here then, you're saying. Yes, globalization is not all a good thing, that we really need to have domestic capability of manufacturing and many many companies were driven out of business because of uh, government policies as well as big medical corporations or others that were trying to see to their own bottom line without concern for for what could happen in other words instead of having a just-in-case inventory they have only a just-in-time inventory and if the supply line breaks down they're sunk You've suggested that the vast majority of people that contract the disease will recover from it. Life will go on. Um, And there may be some eavesdropping on our conversation that even as I suggested in my observations on the way into the radio station today, seem to suggest a very lackadaisical approach, maybe not taking this altogether seriously. It's less than a vacation. It's less than shelter in place. It's something other than that. And, And for those that say, well, gee, I just heard Dr. Orient say most people are going to recover. So this is, as we've even heard some authorities in Washington suggest, it's like the flu. No, it's like a cold. So if it's like the flu or like the cold and a vast majority of people will recover from this, then why should anybody outside of, say, the, the sort of danger zone, the, the group of individuals either over the age of 60 or with compromised immune systems, why do they need to pay attention to this? Well, let's point out that half of the people who are in ICUs with this are not over the age of 60, and that young people can and do develop a very serious pneumonia and respiratory failure and die. The Chinese doctor who was arrested for trying to call this to attention was 33 years old, and he died of this disease. Plus, you really don't want to be responsible for infecting older people, and there's just no no telling where the contagion will stop once it goes on. I mean, there are super spreaders, maybe people who are disregarding even explicit explicit orders to stay put because they were known to to be infected. They would go out and party and maybe infect 100 people all at once, and then each one of those people will have contacts. So it is a time for caution. Uh, of course, we can't really overreact either without utterly destroying the economy of uh, the essential essential workers in our country include truck drivers are people who keep utilities going the people who keep your automobile repaired there are all kinds of of things that are essential but and we need to take greater precautions in the workplace but certainly canceling big gatherings where people are are just spreading their germs around without any any consideration need to be curtailed 
We're visiting today with Dr. Jane Orient, uniquely qualified to address this issue of the current shelter-in-place order that now impacts fully seven Bay Area counties. This is unprecedented. And, you know, for, for those of you that have been around any length of time and remember America going through everything from economic downturns to attacks vis-a-vis 9-11 to, um, you know, even all-out war like Vietnam or even if you're really been around for a while, the Korean or World War II. Um, we've never seen anything like this. This this is unique, certainly to this generation, to be sure, and, and probably the closest example we have of it, we have to reach back over 100 years to the flu pandemic of 1918, and yet there's some similarities and a lot of things that are very different. So today, we're going to spend some time with Dr. Orient walking through some of the things that are true about COVID-19 and others, well, quite frankly, just outright fiction. So let's take a time out. Let's get you updated on some traffic. We'll come back to more of our conversation. Dr. Jane Orient with us today. She, of course, is the executive director of the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons and president of Doctors for Disaster Preparedness. Information available at ddponline.org. A timeout back with more after this. All right, here's that update for you on traffic. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. All right, we are honored to have Dr. Jane Orient with us, Executive Director of the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons and President of Doctors for Disaster Preparedness. And boy, if we're facing any sort of potential disaster, we're, we're certainly at it right now. But as you pointed out, Dr. Orient, before the break, not necessarily singularly because of the, the disease and its impact and, 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 and threat to people with compromised immune systems, but, but also because of our reaction to it. Everything from people flooding the stores to wipe out the shelves from everything from bread to boxes of toilet tissue, things of this sort, which I, I, I don't completely understand. Uh, but the other thing, too, is a lot of the misinformation that's out there. Let's, let's touch on one of them that I just saw yesterday. Yesterday, a report of an individual who is currently in the intensive care unit, not because of COVID-19, but because of a fear of COVID-19, that this person had read on the Internet, always a great source for medical advice, that by gargling with rubbing alcohol, isopropyl 70%, and swallowing some, that that would kill any of the virus if they had come in contact with it. True or false? Well, I think that would be very false. That that's a, a silly thing to do. You shouldn't be gargling with stuff that's not safe to drink. So, when we hear stories about swallowing or gargling with bleach, um, using essential oils, salt water, ethanol, other substances to either try to swallow or gargle with, any of this effective or is it all? really potentially dangerous? I think a lot of these things are potentially dangerous and not very effective. There, there really is a lot of bad advice out there. On the other hand, there's a lot of censorship of things that, that might be effective and to an attempt to steer everybody into only government websites. 
Well, g- give us some examples in, in terms of some of the things that we, one, and I, I just as a natural question, uh, there has been a large hue and cry for people to stop wearing face masks. Don't buy them. You're depleting the supplies that are out there. We need to have face masks available for uh, medical professionals and fo- so forth. What would seem to be a little bit uh, of a disconnect for me is that, well, if a person is wearing a face mask because they don't want to run the risk of maybe accidentally inhaling some droplets by, by somebody who coughs or sneezes near them. Why is that not a good idea? And then we're told, but you need to save them for the medical personnel that are going to use them for the very same reason. So what, what's the well, advice that on that? Make any sense, does it? I think that the regular surgical masks are of most use to protect you against a patient who may be coughing or sneezing. So doctors should put those on patients when they come into the office as far as protecting the people against inhaling very tiny particles that are in the air, you need something better than a surgical mask like N95 masks because they filter out much smaller particles and because they don't leak around the edges. So wearing one, I've seen people driving in their cars wearing them by themselves, and I thought, well, that, that seems to be a little bit overblown. But if an individual, for example, commutes daily on a train, uh, now hopefully they're not doing that anymore and they're staying at home, but if for some reason they, they do need to travel, is, is a scenario like that advisable then to wear some sort of protection because you really don't know who you're going to come in contact with in close quarters? Well, I think it's a sensible thing to do. I mean, look at all the Chinese. Look at all the pictures of the Chinese or people in Hong Kong walking in the streets. Chinese are not stupid. And, I, and in fact, it's a requirement in, in places like that to wear a mask when you're out in public. And people are having a lot of trouble because the masks are very scarce. And uh, maybe they can only buy two of them at a time. And, and uh, just point of, uh, of uh, clarity, and it's not just their response to the current outbreak. Uh, Chinese folks historically have taken those kind of precautions, even during just the normal cycle of cold and flu season. Yes, they have, and it makes a lot of sense, especially in places like China, which are so so crowded. Uh, let's talk about uh, some of the other potential um, false rumors here. Uh, one is we've heard that the coronavirus was deliberately created uh, in a laboratory. Any evidence to suggest that? I think that virologists who have looked carefully at the genetic sequences have, have said that that did not occur. Of course, biological warfare is a possibility, and we do have biological warfare facilities in many countries of the world. We also have research institutions where we're doing research for defensive purposes or just for learning more about things so that we can respond better to epidemics and create a vaccine in record time, and there are chances of accidents. But there's also the ever-present possibility that the viruses that are everywhere in the world, both in the human population and the animal population, can mutate to become much more lethal than they ordinarily are. And I think this is probably what happened here, is that this is a virus that is commonplace in animals that jump the species barrier. And China is a great place for that to happen because not only are people very crowded, but they live very close to animals, not just the domestic animals like their pigs and chickens, but with the things that more exotic things that they use for food sources. 
Uh, here's another question, and, and maybe this can help to ally the concerns of many listening to our conversation tonight. Um, the timing of this comes at a, at a difficult juncture, not just to the cold and flu season cycle, which, as we know, is not yet over with, but then, too, for those of us like myself that suffer from seasonal allergies, and we're here um, along about mid-March, already many things are in bloom, and every day I get out of bed congested and and dealing with uh, post-nasal drip, things of that sort. And, of course, every moment you think, okay, well, it's March. This is normal for me. And yet, could it be something else? How can you help us, short of being able to have a actual COVID-19 test taken, which we were told everybody could and told, well, not exactly, but we're working on it. When we talk about the symptoms, what are the things that you would advise a patient to be very careful about so that they don't panic into thinking that something that's, quite frankly, just seasonal allergies or the cold is not something more severe? It's always a difficult thing. It it would be good to have a doctor that you could call and discuss your symptoms with and how they may be the same or different, any potential exposures that you had, anything new. Uh, Did you check your temperature? Do you have a fever thermometer at home? So that you can do that. Not everybody with COVID-19 gets a fever, but most people do. Um, do you have something else like a dry cough? Do you have difficulty breathing? Those are things that would be more characteristic of, you know, a developing lower respiratory infection like pneumonia than of your usual seasonal allergies. Well, Doctor, as always, we are honored to have you join us to provide some, some insights. Before we, we let you move on, any any advice that you would offer? Let's pretend like we're all your patients here listening. And, of course, we know that oftentimes the patients would rather uh, either get advice from um, that, that good old expert, the Internet, or just ignore what doctors have to say. What's the best advice that you can offer people here in the Bay Area at this point in time? Well, stay out of mobs and crowds, and it you really all should have – a just-in-case inventory at your house so that if you're told to shelter in place for whatever reason, you don't have to immediately panic and strip the, the shelves at the grocery store. Uh, try to help your neighbors, uh, maybe the elderly people who are afraid to go to the grocery store or have difficulty doing that. Um, you should not jump to treat any fever with something like Tylenol or ibuprofen because the fever is a defense mechanism. If you have a really high fever, of course, it can be a problem with but don't immediately jump to treat just any little fever. Don't go to the e- ER or to the urgent care if you don't really need to because you, the system is overwhelmed and they can't do anything for you anyway. Uh, take your vitamins. I think one of the things that's been removed from the Internet is information about the potential for things like vitamin C, which has been shipped in a, a quantity of 50 tons to Wuhan, China. Um, that This may, may be useful. You do need more vitamins when you're sick, when you're trying to fight off an infection. And, of course, vitamin C is flying off the shelves, too, and China is our only source for that. Uh, we need to, to uh, be aware that there may be something else going on here that, that trying to provoke panic and destroy our economy may have, some, may have some sinister motives behind it. So let's just not fall into panic. Let's follow good hygienic precautions and maybe staying home when we're sick but not not just go into a frenzy. Solid advice. We appreciate your time. Dr. Jane Orient, Executive Director of the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons and the President of Doctors for Disaster 
preparedness. Information available on the web at ddponline. That's ddponline.org. 532, an update on traffic right now for you from the KFAX Traffic Center. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. All right, welcome back to the conversation. Let's turn to the other big issue. We talk about not just the health physically and your well-being, but also your financial health and well-being. Well, the good news is that at least today and for the moment, Wall Street is back on the right track after a brutal start to the trading week. The Dow Jones went up by 1,049 points to end the day at 21,000. 237. This came despite the Dow following below 20,000 earlier in the trading day. Hints of a massive coronavirus-related stimulus package helping to send stocks into the green. This, of course, on the heels of what was a very, very brutal Monday, where the Dow Jones Industrial Average lost 2,997 points. Eviscerating your 401k and IRA, you say? Well, let's um, let's put all this in perspective. Pat Fatucci joins us. He's been in the world of money management, retirement planning for more than 30 years, though he's never seen anything quite like this. Pat joins us now from his underground bunker <laughs> or an undisclosed location. Well, no, I'm just kidding. Pat, thank you for taking time to be with us. I'm sure the phone has been ringing off the hook by uh, listeners and certainly uh, your clients wanting to know, what does all of this mean? So break it down. When we see these kind of really wild days and, and drops and, and, and peaks uh, of just un, unforeseen, never heretofore experienced um, percentages, uh, the average individual who doesn't know the Dow from the NASDAQ and just says, well, I got, I got money, I think, in a 401k, uh, has got to really e- either be numbed by all of this or in an absolute panic frenzy yeah those are those are emotions that are that are on everybody's mind today it clear, clearly uh, these are very difficult times we are we are talking with our clients hour by hour and and it really is is uh, a testament to our clients and a lot of your listeners that they're staying calm and and they're not panicking and selling and moving moving the cash it really requires uh, a temperament heretofore never seen before when the Dow Jones was at 29,000 and change and now it's barely keeping a bit, it's at above 20,000. Uh, that's a, that's a pretty good chunk of money. A lot of, a lot of assets have, have eroded significantly. Um, we just have to take a wait and see attitude and see where this virus takes us. We are making reallocations as we speak. Uh, if you are a longer-term investor, uh, Craig, you know uh, there are some really wonderful buys on Wall Street. It, it's kind of a Macy's White holiday thing. And so uh, it, it's um, mind-numbing to think about buying, but that's really the mindset you have to have. And you're never going to catch the, the, the absolute bottom. The bottom may be, you know, 15000 on on the Dow Jones. We don't know. This could be the bottom. But when it starts around the bottom, you start nibbling at the at the wonderful deals out there, and some of the companies 
have lost an inordinate amount of share price. And you know, as of a month or so ago, these were sterling companies with great opportunities, and and the prospects were great. Uh, it wasn't for for this virus. And I, you know, I, I I think the scare might be worse. The fear might be worse than the actual virus. Uh, you never like, like to see one life lost, like as, as we all know. But put it in perspective, uh, it has been modest in this country. Thank God. Uh, Again, we don't know what the next uh, couple weeks are going to bring, but you've got to keep your mind uh, about you and not make radically bad decisions because if this blows over, when this blows over, a month from now or six months from now, the market will restore a lot of its value. And you don't want to just take the ride down. Ideally, you want to take the ride back up. So that's kind of the thinking, you know, stay calm. And, and don't and don't panic. Have the fortitude to to um, to um, to live live with this issue. We're all living with it. We're holding each other's hands, not not literally, because we have to keep our social distance, but figuratively we are, aren't we, Chris? That, that's exactly right. And and you know, I I think you've said the the greatest wisdom here, Pat. Uh, just call it it as it is, and, and that is there is a great degree of reaction and overreaction here that is very disproportionate that has to spell out the notion that this is more about fear than actual hardcore numbers and and let me let me put that in in perspective for you and and for listeners what what uh, what that means so we we start the day here with word that um, we've got uh, the number of deaths in the United States from the coronavirus topping 100 okay that's a lot of people that's uh, that's the equivalent of more than three classrooms where the kids are half an airplane all right that's that's troublesome but here's the interesting thing, Pat. I don't hear anybody right now panicking or saying sell everything on news. And let me just let me prepare the audience right now. I'm going to deliver to you a shocking number, and this shocking number is confirmed by the United States Department of Transportation that for 2018, the last year that we have statistics available, 2018 in the United States, on American roads, are you ready for it? 36,560 people died in traffic accidents. Think about that. 36,560. Now, Pat, I... I, I'm not trying to be a shill for the administration here because the president certainly has used multiple comparisons between the coronavirus and the common influenza. But here's the irony. Um, I read that number, and 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 I wonder, where is the cry to outlaw automobiles? Where is the hue and cry to say, wow, Craig, this is phenomenal. You're telling me that upwards of nearly 37,000 people died on roads and highways across America in 2018. We, we, need, we need something immediate. We need to outlaw the automobile. We need to shut down buses. We need to close up freeways and roads because this is hazardous. This is dangerous. Yeah, that's a, that's a perfect uh, way to put it in perspective. No one likes to lose one life in, in any way, but uh, 
clearly uh, the automobile has uh, been, been a big culprit, and we kind of live with that. We kind of are you know, kind of Teflon coated, thinking, "Oh well, there's there's another death this weekend uh, on on the roads," and um, we we just give it passing notion at best. But uh, this issue has really been amplified, and I, and I let's say so. I think the media does a great job of fanning the flames and. And that's created lots of audiences for the news. And, and so there's a motivation in there that says that the more we get people nervous and excited and scared, the more people are going to listen and we can charge our advertisers a lot, a lot more, a lot more money. So there's a, you know, this capitalism system is great, best on the planet, but, um, but there are, there are, there are weaknesses. And I think this kind of, Exemplifies the issue you're you're uh, mentioning. The one concern, of course, that you know when and uh, you've you've talked for many years about the danger of reading the numbers every single day. Of course, the the you know, the the polar opposite of that is to get your monthly statement, toss it in a drawer, never open it, and then five years later wonder <laughs> why you're doing so poorly. But trying to watch this. Day by day, hour by hour, moments when the markets are up, down, uh, you know, up two, down four, uh, or, or as we saw, we we ended on a nice up note Friday, and I think everybody thought, well, wow, this is good, and we're up uh, twelve uh, something hundred points. This is encouraging news, only to come back on Monday, and as the futures were were indicating in the overnight hours, it wasn't going to be a good day, and it ended up not being a good day at all, uh, with the Dow down almost. 3,000 points, but then today up by another uh, another 1,000 points. So what, what do you tell the people that are watching the day-by-day, hour-by-hour numbers, and are just getting sick to their stomach that want to say, you know, I wish I could say, conductor, can you please stop the train? I want to get off. But understanding, hey, you're in this for retirement. Your, your nest egg is sitting there. Your nest egg is being impacted by this as well. How do you ride this thing out without really having to, you know, swallow, uh, you know, Dramamine and 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 uh, and Tums by the by by the gallon? I think the I think the key issue is turn the TV off, not the radio off. We still want to listen to you, Craig. Turn the TV off because the more you watch the news, I think go out for a long walk by yourself. Keep socially distant away from every, everybody else, uh, but go out for a walk and uh, let let the wind blow between the ears because otherwise we get all all anxious. And and look, the pragmatism of this issue is the markets always, always, always come back. And so, sit there and do nothing is is the key. I know that's hard because we're naturally tendent to. To do something, you want to take control. You want to go to the sidelines side and sell all, all your positions. But generally speaking, and this crisis probably will pan out the same way, is uh, not not to do that. By the way, there are a lot of investment products out there that will guarantee your principal and will guarantee income. And so, if there's any questions about, you know, your IRA, your 401k. There's opportunities to create a guaranteed pension with those monies and be totally insulated from these kinds of dips. And we're always going to have them. That's the, the weakness of the open capitalistic system. It's, it's subject to a lot of opinions. Now it's subject to computers and their algorithms trading without, without a human body in there. And so 
it, it, the more the market goes down, based on the algorithm, the more the market will go down. And so we've got to understand that it's not John and Mary necessarily trading their 100 shares or 500 shares of IBM stock. It's computer trading with giant pension funds with institutional money, and it's being triggered by those low low share prices, and the more it goes low, the more it goes low. And that's why the, they put these triggers in to stop the trading for 15 minutes. They've done that a bunch of times in, in the last week or so. So we've got to be uh, understanding that it's the computer algorithms that are creating uh, a large proportion of this trading activity. So part of it is just the technology, uh, you know, uh, doing doing what it does. You know, uh, investors, companies, hedge funds have uh, certain trigger levels set. And without regard to what the real reality is behind the events, uh, it sees a, a magic number and says, boom, that's it, sell off. And of course, that, that ends up exacerbating the situation. Now, after a timeout, I'm going to ask Pat to stay with us for a moment because your mantra, the name of your best-selling book, your name of your radio program is Don't Invest and Forget. I have to wonder at this time now, Pat, for folks that did just the opposite, that did not take your advice, and they invested, set up the 401k, established the IRA, whatever years ago, um, and they have forgotten, are they in for a rude awakening? We'll have Pat answer that question when we come back after a timeout. Pat Fatucci is with us, offering a bit of a calm voice in the midst of all the paranoia and you you got to know that a lot of what you're hearing on radio other radio tv certainly all over the internet the old adage if it bleeds it leads you know if i can sound the crazier i can sound and the more nervous i can make you the greater and deeper i draw you in the longer you'll stay and i'm going to get more eyeballs and or more eyeballs equates to more money for me and that's a part of the agenda that would you see taking place behind the scenes here. I'm not saying this isn't real. It's very real. I'm not saying we don't have to be cautious. We need to be extremely cautious. But I also am saying don't buy in to everything that you hear because not everything, as we learned from Dr. Jane Orient earlier in the program, not everything that you're being told is true. So let's break down the fact from the fiction. We'll do more of that in just a moment with Pat Fitzucci on Lifeline. 550, let's get a look at traffic. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Pat Vitucci is with us from Vitucci and Associate, been in the world of money, retirement planning, money management for well over 30 years now. And Pat, as I mentioned, uh, your moniker, the title of your best selling book, the title of your syndicated radio show don't invest and forget for somebody who did just exactly that they didn't listen to uncle pat's advice are they in trouble right now uh you know craig there's there's always time to to make up for lost time you just have to be you have to have a budget you have to have a roadmap on how how to get there and what's a real um a real retirement date that you can live with so it's, at that point, it becomes an arithmetic assignment where we, if you come into one of our offices or you do a webinar or an online call now that we're a little bit limited or a FaceTime call, we can walk you through those numbers and 
Let it spend an hour and give you a real good idea of how well prepared you are and is your retirement date that you've been dreaming about a realistic date or can you retire tomorrow or do you have to wait X more X money? So we'll go through those do that arithmetic assignment and they give you some realistic expectations for performance. You don't want to be silly and, and you know, I think the world is gonna always treat us wonderfully, like last year our clients got, you know, 15 and 20 percent. Those are those are real. They're great when they come, but the reality of it is uh, we're not going to have that kind of average over the next 30 and 40 years. So we want to give you a real, a realistic number to, to live with, and then, and then it's up to you to say, I can pull the trigger tomorrow, or in three years and six months I can I can uh, retire. So it really depends upon the timeline to retirement, um, and and I guess you know if 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 next Tuesday was your retirement party, uh, it, it's uh, <laughs> don't expect balloons and a cake. We can't afford it suddenly. Uh, but if you've got five, ten years, there's an opportunity to readjust, redeploy. And, and to be able to eventually ride this back up. The markets historically, up days, down days, terrible times, best of times, roaring 20s, Great Depression, the, uh, the dot-com uh, spike and the dot-com bubble burst. We went through the down times of the market in 2009 up to the markets being at nearly four times what they had been just 11 years ago, and yet here we are seeing this significant drop. This does run in cycles, doesn't it? Isn't that the, the, the real perspective here? The, the absolute truth and the cyclicality of capitalism uh, is something we have to learn to live with, and we need to learn to, to uh, take income even in down years if you're retired and you're not taking uh, a salary anymore. The, the, that 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 chunk of money, that portfolio, has got to create an income stream to cover your basic needs, your 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 PG&E bill, your car insurance, et cetera, et cetera, your health health insurance. So we we set up a comprehensive financial plan that takes into account your estate planning, your tax planning, long term care insurance, you know, life insurance, any of those components that we think are important to be included in your comprehensive financial plan. And then we sit back and we have a discussion. What are your legacy plans? What do you want to leave for your children? Some clients want to take some like the last book about, and, and another client will say, I want each of my children, I'm going to leave them a million a million dollars. We've got a plan on that on that legacy planning and see what the what the pragmatism is around those wishes and and create a a, a cash flow and a comprehensive financial plan to accommodate all, all those needs. The Federal Reserve is creating a special fund to keep credit flowing. Uh, there is talk about a potential influsion of uh, significant cash coming in uh, as the White House is looking at a financial aid package that uh, could top $850 billion. There's been talk about delaying uh, April 15th out to July uh, just to kind of give uh, taxpayers that owe money some breathing room here. Um, with the backdrop against all of that, what is your sense at this juncture? Going to get worse before it gets better? Is it the worst behind of? Is it the worst behind us, or is it just soon too soon to tell? It's probably too soon to tell. This is not a financial crisis. Unlike two thousand eight, Craig, we had a mortgage derivative crisis that was 
the uh, underlining the the, uh, the issues that 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 were were really um, negatively impacting the markets. This is a biological problem, and not being a bi- biologically trained. I'm not a physician. I'm I'm not a bio a biochemist. Uh, I read lots of optimistic stories and lots of pessimistic stories about where this is going. And being a novice on that side of the house, you can't even guess, but you've got to have a financial plan prepared, whether it goes further down or, or whether it bounces back. And, and that's what we do for our, for our clients. We create a, a realistic, pragmatic plan that guarantees some income for your safe money. And then, yes, put some money out there in the stock market for growth. But you've got to have your safe money protected, and there are some wonderful uh, investments that that can do that very thing. If there's any questions, any of your listeners, they should call our office, and we'll talk to them about those guaranteed income plans that we think has, should be a part and parcel of any portfolio design, especially given that this is the, the, the second time in, what, 12 years now we've had this shock to the system. 2008 was a, a memorable shock. And now we're seeing this shock, and um, we'll see um, how how it all how it all rolls out. But mom, mom and pop need to be prepared for these kinds of cycles throughout their retirement years, and not having that safe chunk of money can create some some sleepless nights, Craig. Uh, a lot of the weak knees are running for the door um, right now. Obviously, in the current state of Affairs here in the Bay Area, we've now added a seventh Bay Area county, Santa Cruz, that has issued this shelter-in-place order. And I'm thinking, Pat, you know, while while we're so overcome with uh, fear and um, uh, analysis paralysis, as you say, uh, now that we've got a little time to ourselves as we are at home, maybe now is the ideal time to start revisiting, to take a look at where you stand. You've had a lot of the numbers at hand, I would assume, in preparation for um, tax day. Maybe before you put all that stuff away, time to pick up the phone. Uh, you can't do a one-on-one meeting, Pat, but you can certainly have a meeting uh, uh, either FaceTime or uh, on the computer or, or certainly by telephone, can't you, and meet with people that would like to just get a complimentary financial review? We are we are keeping socially distant. We're doing a lot of, uh, of uh, telephone calls, uh, Webinars, FaceTime. Face There's lots of ways of communicating with with your your uh, listeners without sacrificing uh, the threat of a health issue. And so, so we've been we've had to acclimate to this new world we're suddenly thrown into, uh, and uh, it, it it works really really very very well. So take advantage of the opportunity. You've got the time. They've got the appointments available. And, again, they can do it easily by telephone, FaceTime, uh, certainly, uh, you know, a Marriott, go to meetings. There's all kinds of ways to do it without um, doing it face-to-face but have the still have the important end result. You have the time. The need is there. Take advantage of the opportunity. No cost or obligation. Online at don'tinvestandforget.com. That's don't invest and forget. Dot com, or you can call Pat directly at triple eight plan wise eight 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 three six seven five three two nine. Pat continues to provide 
calming perspective on what's going on. His radio program, Don't Invest and Forget, on our sister station, AM 1220, Business Radio 1220, KDOW, Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. and Monday evenings at 6. So make it a point for that. Check it out online. Don't invest and forget dot com. Pat Fitucci, thank you so much for the time and the perspective and the important reminder, too, that uh, we should not be uh, cavalier about what's going on right now. Take it seriously and take advantage of the opportunity right now to revisit your choices on the way to retirement. 602 from KFAX San Francisco, an update for you now on traffic from the KFAX Traffic Center.